Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. How is everybody tonight? <laughs> Good. Nice that it's cooling off a little bit. Uh, hmm. Let's just wait on the Lord for a minute. And may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're the God of hope. So I've been in a series looking at some principles of the kingdom of heaven. And last uh, last week, we looked at faith. And I I have a rather ambitious plan for tonight to look at uh, gifts and fruits and maybe even specifically love, if we can get that far. But we we understand that uh, to walk in faith is is the way of the kingdom. It's to hear the voice of the Lord and then to obey. And and sometimes. It is to hear the voice of the Lord and believe something as true that you don't yet see. And, and sometimes that's not an easy thing to do. When, when the facts, as, as you understand them, are, are staring you in the face. And there's, there's a real important aspect of that because to hear the voice of the Lord or to have a promise of the Lord in something that is not yet and and to believe and live as though it is, that's faith. Uh, if you do the same thing without having heard God, or without having a specific promise for you, it's it's usually called something else. <laughs> being irrational, being <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a good thing, is what I'm saying. Uh, because we talked about last week that having faith is believing in the truth of God and the truth of what God has said. 
So it isn't that we can create our own reality because there are those who believe that. You can speak and, and believe that which is not as though it was and create your own reality. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's a new age concept. So to walk in faith is, is to be rooted in, in the truth of God and, and to have heard his voice. So I, I, I didn't really make that distinction last week, but I, I wanted to. So, so that you, you know where I'm coming from. So, as we look at the kingdom principles, uh, life in the spirit is, is really the key. As Paul tells us that uh, the flesh cannot please God. Uh, there's, there's nothing in our natural man, our natural person, our, our old person, our, our flesh, that is pleasing to God. It's, it's opposed to him, Paul says, and it's only in the spirit that we can be pleasing to the Lord. So I, I want us to understand uh, some really basic foundational things about the kingdom when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we're talking about a reality that exists in heaven already. There's, there's a king there. Everything that happens there is according to his will. Nothing that happens there is against his will. Uh, so, for the kingdom of heaven to operate on the earth, which is God's intent ever since Jesus came and began or instituted the kingdom on the earth once again after the fall, everything that is according to the kingdom or in the kingdom is from the throne. It's initiated in heaven. Okay? So if, if the beginning of whatever it is that we're talking about was just someone's good idea, it, it can look good. It, it might even produce results that look good but it's not the kingdom. So it, it's got to, it's got to begin. It's from the throne. It is for the throne. It is not for anyone else. See, the important thing that I want us to get here is for the kingdom to come, which is, we were just singing that. And, and that, that is what we want. We, we have to have something that's from God, that's for God, 
and it's it's done according to God's ways. If if any of those three get short circuited, uh, it, it's no longer a kingdom event. It, it's no no longer a kingdom thing. So it's it's done from the throne. It's done for the throne. And we do it in cooperation with the throne. Because we're, we're being empowered to do kingdom things. And so what we're going to look at today is how the gifts of the Spirit are, are part of this because they they really speak of the power of the kingdom and then we're going to look at the fruits of the spirit because they are the character of the kingdom and then love being the preeminent fruit of the spirit we're we're going to talk a little more about that if if we have time so if if something originates in us rather than from God it's not going to measure up if if it's if we're doing it for us it's it's not going to measure up and if if we're doing it just in our own power it's not going to measure up okay all right. Well, why why is all this important? Because as as the people of God, we we want to inherit something. We when we enter the eternal kingdom, we we want to have some reward, right? Uh, I do. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 3 12 through 15 talks a little bit about this. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So I, I really want us to get this idea of of the throne. That that kingdom work originates at the throne of God. It's it's done for the throne and it's done in cooperation with the throne. We're empowered to do it by the throne. And those are the works that we can do that will give us 
the gold, silver, and precious stones for for eternity. So so that's that's what we want. And as we as we live our life uh, in the marketplace, here when when we gather uh, at the grocery store, all over the place, we we have opportunities for for heaven to come down and and touch earth, and that's that's what we need to live for is is those opportunities because when when we do something that's from the throne for the throne empowered by the throne anything can happen if if all the uh, instruction that we get and and a lot of times this is how it works is uh go say a short sentence to to this person <laughs> and and it's it's a slight impression that that we get that could easily be ignored but if we're sensitive to the spirit we're walking in the spirit we we know <laughs> we we can still ignore it but we know that that we make a mistake if if we do and and when we obey we we don't know what might happen we could end up leading someone to the lord someone could end up being healed uh they could just be encouraged uh anything that god can do can happen and he can do anything so I, I want us to look at the gifts of the Spirit in in that kind of a context. Because I, I think that's the context that we're supposed to understand the gifts of the Spirit in. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are the property of the Holy Spirit. They, they don't become our property. <laughs> and any of us at any time can potentially operate in virtually any of the gifts. So it's, it's an exciting possibility that confronts us. When, whenever the Lord gives us the little nudge to do something. And it should make us excited. Uh, the excitement should override our fear of, well, what if... Well, think about what if on the positive side rather than what if on the negative side. <laughs> So I I want I want to read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 12 even though it's rather lengthy but there's there's so much there and I'm just going to go back and and look at a few pieces of it 
But this is Paul's primary discourse on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, he has a couple others, but nothing nearly as comprehensive as this. And we we often think of our our gatherings like this as as the place for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate. And and yes, we we want that to happen. We we want more of that to happen. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for everywhere. Because the the Lord sends each one of us in into unique places every week where 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 maybe another believer does not even tread and and you you could be the one vessel that God could just flow right through in into those people or that place and think about the the fact that we as as human beings we're we're made for the power of God to flow through us and if if that's not ever happening we we need to come to the lord and and find out what what's wrong why why isn't your spirit flowing through me because we, we want that to happen. That's how the kingdom comes in front of us. So let's, let's look at this passage. So just a, a couple more words before we look at it, I guess. Think about the gifts as the power element of the kingdom of heaven. And asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something that we're instructed to do. So part of our personal prayer life, and, and you'll even see it in this passage, should be asking for more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit within your own life. And, and ask for more opportunities for those gifts to flow through you to others. Okay, so here we go. The power element of God's kingdom. We'll start in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing, by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, 
to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. So the gifts are from the Holy Spirit and to each one of us is given the manifestation of the gifts. 
That is to make them visible or observable, for them to have some effect. There has to be some interaction. And the thing that I really want us to see in this is that God has created this thing, the body of Christ, which applies to the local fellowship, but it also applies to a city church, and it also applies to the worldwide body of Christ, that his desire is that there be an interdependence among us. That when we have a need, uh, it might be that we have to go to someone we would rather choose not to go to to really find God's provision in, in a gift of the Spirit. Because he, he wants to build those relational bonds that hold this spiritual body together, just like ligaments hold our inward parts together. It's, it's relationships that hold the spiritual body together. And there's, there's a, a unique relational bond that takes place when there is ministry from one person to another that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. There, there just, there, there's no substitute for that. There's, there's nothing else that can accomplish the same thing. And, and as I read this whole chapter, and Paul talks about the different gifts and how we, we need to not write off different parts of the body. We, and we can't look down on our own part of the body. We have to appreciate every part because every part plays an important piece in, in, in the whole. And it's, we, we know it's that way in our physical body because a very small part that is malfunctioning can take all of our attention. We all have experienced that. And as a spiritual body, when, when there are parts of the body that, that are really hurting, the, the other parts of the body need to gather around and, and minister to that part. So we, we as members of the spiritual body, we, we have some obligations to one another. Uh, sometimes we, we have the obligation to, to minister when we know there's, there's a need, that, that someone is hurting, someone has a need, uh, 
someone needs healing, what, whatever it is. But also, sometimes there's, there's an obligation for us to tell other parts of the body that we have a need. Because many times God will tell someone. But we all know that hearing God is an inexact science. And, and what if that person is just a little too unsure <laughs> that that was really God? Uh, and, and that need just kind of sits out there for a while. And, and it becomes a deeper and a more prominent need over time then you know we we have obligations to each other to let others know when when we have a need because uh, I, I know a lot of times people get hurt because their need was not ministered to but there, there was never any letting anyone know that there was a need. So there's, there's a little bit of responsibility on, on both sides. And we all need to be willing to, to be the one to be ministered to, as well as the one ministering. Because we we all will will go through times when when we need to be on each side of that, and if if we're going to function as a spiritual body, that's that's the way it has to be. We we just can't always be either the receiver or the giver, because some of us are more comfortable on one side or or the other. So uh, I, I want to say a few things about a couple of these gifts. Uh, in verse 8, he says, For to one through the Spirit is given the utterance of wisdom. And, you know, when, when God calls us into certain ministries, there's an equipping that goes along with the call. And so for for people in the church to to make really major life decisions without any counsel uh that's that's not really a good thing. Uh because it it doesn't have to be that way. Because the the elders that we have in in this church are are always available to talk through issues, to give counsel in important decisions that have to be made, and 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 we would never force anyone to to make a a certain decision. That that's just. 
that's that's not how we operate but we're we're happy to to give counsel and and wisdom to to speak into situations so uh you know i i've i've seen this happen uh, a number of times over the last 8 years where people have made important decisions to uh change jobs to move to a different city uh diff- different things w- without counsel and a few times the elders have have talked and you know we we were all in agreement man we we wish they would have talked to us cuz we we would have spoken some wisdom in into the situation uh so consider that okay <laughs> and uh the gift of faith is is another one uh there are times that uh we we can get tired <laughs> of believing what we're not seeing and and we we just need an infusion of hope from someone <laughs> uh we need an infusion of of their faith to come alongside us in in our wavering faith and and to encourage us to continue believing and and continue walking in faith and you know only only we know when when we're at that place so so sometimes we need to seek people out when we're in that wavering place uh and and sometimes the lord will will give us discernment to to know uh but but that's that's another one that that's important and and the gifts of healing uh you know we we still have the healing rooms uh meeting here every thursday night and we've we've had some really amazing testimonies over the last few year how many years of three years uh that's been going uh it's it's been really wonderful and thanks kim for keeping that going <laughs> and vanji <laughs> and all of you who volunteer uh that's the healing rooms are an important ministry to the city i think So let's not avoid the interdependence that God intends with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul says, seek and earnestly desire the greater gifts. that means pray ask for them desire them and and ask for them and and we 
we try to make space for uh, the revelatory gifts to operate when we gather, and that's why we have this mic up here with nobody singing into it <laughs> during the worship time. So that if someone feels like they have a word from the Lord, uh, a testimony that they think is relevant, uh, we just ask people to find one of the elders, and you guys raise your hands, uh, <laughs> uh, and and just share to, to see if they get a witness that, yes, this is for now. Because sometimes it, it may be a good thing, but it may just not be for now. Uh, and because we're we're all learning to flow with the Holy Spirit together, uh, we've we've not quite arrived yet, <laughs> but hopefully we're making progress in in getting there. So we we want to provide a vehicle for God to be able to speak from from various people to the congregation, but we also want to protect not only those who might share, but protect everyone else at the same time. So that's how we choose to do it. Okay, so we'll move on to the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are the character component of the kingdom in our lives. And that, that contrasts with the gifts because the gifts are, are kind of something that responds to an opportunity. And as I said, we, we may operate in numerous gifts of the Holy Spirit, but, but they don't become ours to just use however and wherever and whenever we want to. They are the Holy Spirit's, and He gives as He chooses. Now, the fruits of the Spirit are, are different. They are the natural working out in our life of our abiding in Christ. They, they flow naturally out of our life in God. And the... The best short passage that deals with the fruits of the Spirit is Galatians 5, 22 through 24. Just prior to this passage, Paul gives a long list of a lot of the works of the flesh that the natural outworkings of our natural man, of, of our old person, 
our our old being and he's he's saying how these things should not be among us instead the fruit of the spirit the natural byproduct of our connectedness to god are these things love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law and those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so if if you're an employer does does that look like a list that you would want to see in in people that you would be looking to hire well yeah <laughs> we'll we'll come back to love later but joy that's see joy is different from happiness Happiness relates to happenings. In other words, it's related to what's what's going on in your life. You if if things are good, you would be happy. If things aren't so good, you're probably not going to be happy. But for the people of God who are living connected abiding in Christ, we can have joy all the time. That's somebody you would want to wake up next to in the morning. <laughs> I guess that's just me. <laughs> Actually, she's much better after she's had a cup of coffee. <laughs> but she she is her name. Uh, joy just flows out of my wife. And peace. Uh, I I get emails from Tasha every now and then, and I like how she signs her uh, emails automatically. There is no peace in circumstances. <laughs> I think she got that from Mark when he was here last. Uh, but how how true that is. And if if we're looking for peace in our circumstances, we will rare, rarely find it. But our, our peace is rooted in the one that we're connected to because he is immovable, un, unchangeable. He's our rock, our shelter, and in him there is peace. Patience, kindness. You know, uh, I'm really glad there's one word that's not in here. Niceness. <laughs> I I saw a, a video this week that that I almost brought uh, about the word nice, because so many people would 
would think that being nice should be in this list, right? Well, not when you dig in to the origin of the word nice. See, to, to a lot of people, love and being nice are, are really almost the same. Well, I, I encourage you to look into the, the origin of the word nice because it, in its origin, it, it really relates to be, being ignorant. Uh, being empty-headed. Uh, that's, that's the origin of, of the word nice. So uh, I, I felt really uh, affirmed in, in some things that I have said previously about how being nice is, is like the lowest possible level of love that there is. Because if, if we're really going to love people, we're, we'll be willing to say hard things to them that they may not want to hear. And, and we need to learn to do that in a loving way, and many times that that requires us to spend time in prayer for God to do it for you, <laughs> so you don't have to say those things because it's a lot better if He does it. Uh, but we we have to love people enough to to say the hard things sometimes. Anyway, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. And when I read this list, I, I just I think of Daniel in Babylon exuding all these fruits of the Spirit because he was such a, a man after God. And and I think of Joseph, too. Uh, and, and how at the right time they were promoted. You know, Joseph from, from the dungeon to being second in command of the whole country, of, of the whole empire, really. And and Daniel, king after king in Babylon and then Medo-Persia, uh, just rising to the top uh, and and becoming the the most important advisor to pagan kings. Just, just because the fruits of the Spirit were there. The, the fruit of their life in God is, is what, what brought it on. So, I want to say one more thing about fruits. And... 
this this relates to some warnings that that Jesus gave numerous times against false prophets and against us being deceived there's there's a tendency for Christians, uh, probably non-Christians too, but I, I will, I will talk about us, since since we're here together as the people of God. We have a tendency to look at the anointing, or the operation of spiritual gifts in a person, and make a judgment as to how real they are as a minister of God, as a prophet, what, whatever, uh, based on the gifts that are operating or the anointing that is upon that person. And that is a dangerous thing. Because Jesus said this in Matthew seven, fifteen through 20, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. See, the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable without repentance, some translations say. So we, we can't judge a prophet by an anointing that we see, by healings that we see, by great prophetic words that, that we hear. Though they may be right, We judge them by their fruit. What is the character that flows out of them? That's, that's how we are to judge. Is, is there a great deal of pride? Or is there humility? Uh, what, what do we see? What, what are the fruits that are being displayed in, in their life? And so, because re remember some other things that Jesus said, uh, I think they were also in Matthew chapter 7. There, there will be those at the final harvest when 
the wheat is separated from the tares and and there are going to be people who said well but i healed people in your name i i prophesied in your name i i did miracles in your name and what will jesus response be I never knew you. Hmm. So in in our day is especially and and as we approach the day of the Lord uh we we will need more discernment to identify the the real from those who are not real but appear to be real. So uh yeah we we got to be careful with that. So I I don't think I'm going to get into the love part because <laughs> that's going to take a little while. So I I think we'll stop here, but I I want to encourage you in your personal prayer time to make some time for the seeking of the greater gifts of the holy spirit for more more manifestation of the gifts of the holy spirit in in your life and in our fellowship and and to make some time in in your personal prayer life to ask the lord to bring forth the fruits of abiding to to give you a heart that will remain connected to him that's what abiding is it's it's remaining connected all the time and and the more we remain connected the more we notice when we're not and when we're used to not really being connected we we can go a long time and so we we need to maintain that connection as an ongoing thing and then those fruits will just show up <laughs> it's there uh, there's another verse in in 1 Corinthians that says something about bad company corrupting good character well the opposite is true too you hang out with god all the time you become like him <laughs> it's it's the one who's more influential that influences the other and so when we hang out with god <laughs> he's more influential he's he's not going to become more like us uh, <laughs> our our bad character isn't, isn't going to have any effect on on him but his character will will definitely rub off on us
So let me pray for us. So one one thing that I've been doing over the last few weeks is is uh, deepening and broadening uh, my my own personal prayer life to to include more. And and these are a couple things that that we we really want to include. And and love is is the next one. So, Father, uh, I I thank you for the great natural results of spending more time with you, of abiding in you, that your your character rubs off on us. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would just draw each of us more more deeply into relationship with yourself into communion with with yourself and and lord i i pray for increase for each one of us in in the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit through us I, I pray that you would fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. That you would increase the flow of the Holy Spirit through us and, and touch more people with your gifts through us. Lord, let your kingdom come among us. Let let it be established among us. Let let your government be established in us and among us. That we pray for the glory of your Son. Amen.